Well, what you got for us, Faye? Notorious cult, the Lords of Samhain, resurrect long-decked serial killer Halloween Jack, and all hell breaks loose in the town of Dunwich. Well, I guess you know what they say. He returns, and this time, no one is safe. It sounds like another job for crime scene investigation. Hello and welcome to I Spit on Your Grades Presents Prime Scene Investigation. I am Chris and alongside me today I have Detective Burnside, better known as Faye. Word. And Detective Tosh Lines, better known as Mercer. Oh, white geezer. I think he's from London, isn't he? If Mercer hadn't shaved all his beard off by accident, he could have had a Tosh Tash. Tosh did have a Tash, didn't he? He did have a proper, yeah. he had a proper 70s porn Tash. Yeah. There's a proper old school 80s TV reference for all our non-UK listeners, the bill. Go go look it up if you want to see British policing at its finest. Glad you did that, because I'm just singing casualty in my head over and over going, no, no. Casualty the doctors, the bill are police officers. If you need an easy way of remembering it. <laughs> Many times I've sat there trying to remember the difference between the bill and casualty. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. How are we both anyway? Mercer, how are you? I am fantastic. Thank you very much. I am fantastic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I am eager to get on with um, today's episode. I can tell you that much. I'm glad someone is. Hi, how are you? I'm fair to middling. Fair to middling. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, since we're so eager to chat about what we're up to and how we're feeling, let's get into today's episode. We are going back not particularly far, 2019's The Curse of Halloween Jack. Written and directed by Andrew Jones. Okay, so as we had in the intro, the plot's fairly straightforward. There is a notorious serial killer called Halloween Jack, who one Halloween slaughtered 15 individuals in the town of Dunwich, which then ended up with Halloween being banned for a whole two years as well. Let's not forget, let's not forget this. I think it's two years if Halloween is banned. And then the cult here, Lords of Sam Haim or whatever they're called. What did I think they were being called? Lords of Sound. Lords of Sound. Lords of Sound. Lords of Sam Haim. They resurrect Halloween Jack for another spree. Right. Before before we go any further, two two things. Firstly, this episode is spoilerific. So if you do feel like going and watching The Curse of Halloween Jack, please do so before we get into it. Second, none of us like slamming films. None of us like being pedantic or nasty or criticising for the sake of just doing those things. So we want 
all horror films to be absolutely superb. We want every film to be a kill list or a The Witch in the Window or Death of a Vlogger. But unfortunately, not every film can be. So with that in mind, Mercer, why don't you get started on what you thought overall of The Curse of Halloween Jack? I mean, do you want my overall opinion right now? Oh, <laughs> I, like I said, as anyone who kind of follows us on social media, I was 10 minutes into the film and I literally wanted to end my own life. I could not deal with anything that I was seeing on screen from the bizarre, so the bizarre news reader at the beginning, the American news reader, no reason, what was that about? Do you um, follow a lot of like paranormal videos on Facebook at all? Then weird voice ones. His, his name's Chills. <laughs> He's not a weird voice. Um, I think that genuinely is his voice. Um, Oops. He has a he has a he has a a unique a unique voice. Yes, and this just sounded like Chills to me, and I couldn't get it out of my head. This was all I was picturing throughout when I heard that news reporter speaking. I don't know why American. I don't know yeah, why. And I thought, oh, I thought this was set in Britain. And then I thought, oh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's set in America because we've not seen anyone else yet. So I'm like, cool. And he starts speaking. And he just instantly annoyed me because he were a bit jovial, a bit like, like happy, but like with no emotion behind it. It was just like same words in this voice that sounded like like a school teacher talking to you, mm. like reading some of the book and like, shut up, I'm not interested. Um, and then and then we got these weird shots of this town, but they weren't even like they were just shaking all over, as if someone like, I don't know, as if someone had been out boozing it up and they've got beer shakes next day trying to film and cameras just going all over shining. I was just like. What am I looking at right now? And then, and then we get that detective doing an introduction to each of them people. And again, he's American. And I'm like, well, he's not American, as, as we know when we listen to that fucking accent that he's doing. <laughs> like, that, that weird kind of break into whatever, like, genuine accent he has. Very, he's very much a Poundland Gary Oldman. N 1920s Prohibition detective. What's up, boss? That, that kind of guy. No, that's the that's that's the underlings. He he has clearly watched the Dark Knight and gone. I can do this. I personally enjoyed the fact that they were using a school projector, like we are back in the eighties, <laughs> rather than a laptop with like a projection screen or something like that. But like an actual school projector with people on, introducing us to fuck knows what that cult was. Or the people in that cult. Well, like I say, I, I kept thinking they were called the Sand Cult because he couldn't say Sam Samheim, Samheim in that accent. The, the problem was he kept saying Lords of Sound and then he changed it to Ministry. So at one point, <laughs> at one point we had Ministry of Sound was the bad guys in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, 
what I also like didn't love about that scene, but loved. So this this is going to be like my theme. Like I, I did not enjoy it, but I also loved how much I didn't enjoy certain parts because it didn't make sense to me. Was the three police officers or four police officers that are listening and they're all really trying to act like they're really engaging with what he said, and one of them's like frowning and just nodding, going. Mm, I picked mm. up and on like, him. There is not a scene he isn't in where he's not like that. You can't see my concentration face over a pod, but I'll take a picture and show you. Just constantly, like, tense. And that's when we hear his first British accent as well, and I'm like, I just don't know what's going on already. I don't know. And it was at this point, like, when that cop spoke up and went, are they fucking crazy or something, (laughs) man? I was just like, oh, my God, <laughs> what the thing, is this? The thing is, in that scene, you've got, like, this four of them. One of them's American. One of them is, I'm assuming, Cockney or Yorkshire. I couldn't make it out. The other one is Irish. And then, you know, frumpy face, doesn't speak at all. Just no. constantly looking on in concentration. And it's already, like, we've only just started and the film's already going to everyone. Look, we're going to be really meta right and show you that we know about horror because we're going to refer to another area called Antonia Bay and we're also going to talk about the town next door being called Haddonfield I'm like are you fucking playing with it like you pick two very popular fucking John Carpenter films like pick something like a bit more random or bizarre and throw it in so that people go oh wow yeah they've got some real good horror inside I've just got I've just got the John Carpenter not the John Carpenter link for that but the character later on, I really just, I really just, of course, recognised the fact it's another John Carpenter film that that character is from. We'll Escape get from we'll New get, York. Yeah, exactly. When Snake Plissken fucking rocks up. Oh my god! Yeah. It completely passed me by at the time, but now when you said those had them filled Antonio Bay and Carpenter, it's like, of course, I laughed the link. Because we were yeah. genuinely, so- we were genuinely baffled when that guy came on screen. Let me tell you. I think it's safe to assume that Andrew um, Jones. Jones. It was Andrew Jackson. Sorry, Andrew Jones. It's safe to assume that Andrew Jones is obviously a, a Carpenter fan. And that's cool. And, you know, I do think it's cool that you want to reference people. Uh, but, like, he does more references later on in the film. One in particular that got, that ground my gears. Because <laughs> really ground my gears. I have never been as angry in all my life, but we'll get to that. Mm. Well, because, I mean, let's face it, we have, we have the bit that actually spurs the resurrection of Halloween Jack at the start here. We get, we get going full action, full throw straight away in as we have a four-man task force shootout with the evil cultists as they rock up, as, as they rock up with not, not a panda car, not a SWAT van, a fucking Ford Transit van with some lights stuck on the top of it. There's like... A five-minute montage around this scene where they are just throwing themselves back from being shot. I'm sure they get shot multiple times, come back and just throw themselves again. Also, I love uh, the the discretion of the the task force <laughs> rocking up to get these people, like lights blaring, <laughs> no, no 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 bloody body armor. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Yeah, no, in, like, yeah, in no way inconspicuous getting out of the van and shouting at them. We are now raiding you. It's, um, it's a tree, isn't it? It's like how police officers act. 
No. <laughs> oh, okay. I wouldn't imagine so. They don't rock up in a transit van, I no. imagine, no. It's at this point as well that I noticed, and I'm, I'm really sorry just how bad... <laughs> We've broken Mercer. We're 10 minutes into the park. Just how bad the sound is, and the sound design is just awful. It cuts out like it's in a Zoom meeting or something. We, yeah, we're, we're not people who can talk about the quality no. of our quality of sound recording, but... We're not making a film, though. You know, if you're making a film... like A, a part of it, it does have some, like really good musical <laughs> things. I'm genuinely worried for Versa, sorry. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do this podcast today <laughs> because this film is... <laughs> Carry on. Carry on. Carry on. Carry on, Wayne Right. <clears throat> okay. So, yeah, so we have the we have the shootout that unfortunately leaves three officers dead. And as we find out, that's, that's, a, whole that's, a, that's a significant proportion of this town's police force. You want more policemen? I had four, now I have none. Where honestly, am I going to get more from? Honestly, you got the government saying they're going to recruit 100,000 more policemen. Considering we have four per town, that is quite a way to go. Great <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag political. Okay, so to move this along, because let's face it, someone has to, we then have our scene where we meet our our hero, our, our main character, who is Danielle, played by Tiffany Kerry. Who is playing a 19-year-old while still looking for a... Stop it. <laughs> her like the same age as her, like the actress who plays the mother. Um, we have that scene with the the mother and father or the mayor of the town who's banned Halloween talking. That is like, I've never heard such forced, like contrived, like conversation between people. Or at least I thought I'd never heard it until a bit later on in the film. But I was just like, seriously, what kind of conversation is this? I love the, I love the fact we just film hopping. We've gone for like, Lords of Salem, there's some cop drama. Footloose, we're currently in. <laughs> yes, it is, isn't it? You will not Halloween or dance. If, if, if Footloose were a bit incest there. Yeah, true. Or the fact, this mayor, mayor who was banned Halloween, and the fact they can say, they're like, oh, we'll just go to the next town over. Hardly, hardly exactly a life-changing kind of a scenario here. Also, who bans something for just two years? Two years has not been a long enough time. It banned it for life. Banned it for life. We're just two years later. Yeah, but still, who's getting that pissed off about Halloween two years later that they're wanting to bring back some fucking entity? Hang on. I was going to say with the reveal later. I'm not, you know, I'm just going to say it now because who cares? The fact that we find out she's Halloween's Jack's daughter. Surely, if you're going to do that, then you say it for you set the original killing much. Further, much further back than rather how yeah. right so she's born she goes to be 17 at this point and then her dad who she didn't know is her dad then slaughters 15 people that could also be another john carpenter link in basically the story of the fog you're looking could at me blank you know the fog right as i say i don't, I don't think 
I don't know what you're referring to. I, At the end, I don't think I don't think the fog is the right link for the father daughter with this. No, not the father daughter with, oh, with the with the with, yeah Halloween Jack in the door. As I said, I think Friday Thirteenth Jason goes to hell is the clear is a clear link in that storyline from for, as a film reference. I just thought, given that he's a John Carpenter fan, that might make sense more than Jason goes to hell. I think that every, everything that comes in this film with Snake Plissken rocking up as Duke, creating Duke, and then the way they have to kill Halloween Jack at the end all harks back to the exact plot of Jason Goes Out. Chris is very happy with himself that he's made that link. I fucking love Jason Goes Out. I'm happy to... Anyone, anyone wants to tweet me and discuss Jason Goes to Hell, I'm happy to get into it with you. Jason Takes Manhattan is the best always. Just saying. I mean, well, I'd love to talk about the film, but I think we've got to get this one done. I've, com- I've completely got off track now. I've lost all... Re- I was supposed to be trying to keep this in some kind of order. I've lost all sense yeah. of where this investigation is. Yeah, one job, Chris. Basically, we've met the daughter. Uh, we've met the we've met the mayor and the is wife. We know that they've banned Halloween. Uh, we've met the daughter who we know's like very rebellious because she's gonna go to a Halloween party being thrown by her friend. We have we meet the friends, four 19-year-olds. Um the the best friend looks older than their 40-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. The two lads who look quite young though. So um the two boys look like I can believe that they're like young um we also in this part again it gets me so angry because the set in a scene where we know that the before you even get there everyone knows there's a part there so what's going to happen that's where halloween jack's going to go right and kill everyone so the friend us happens to just drop the line in well my parents are out of town and i live in the middle of a forest so nobody can hear a thing i'm like what why are you telling me this like what like your friends already know where you live so you don't need to tell them that so you're basically saying this so we the audience go all right yeah so she lives in the middle of a forest where no one can hear a thing we don't need to just show us the fucking forest there are are easier way to drop things into conversation it's like i had a paddy about the fact that um i think it was the mother who said you're going she's like you're going to that party aren't you? I'm like, you don't have to say it, aren't you, in this day and age. You can just suggest it with the tone of your voice, and it does it a lot. And I, I'm not sure this film was taking itself seriously or not. I don't know, but come on. I fear it is. That's the thing. I wasn't, because I've got I've got the line, don't complain when you make a withdrawal, and then nor does your mum. So... <laughs> I don't... Did you actually say that? No, that, show, that, that shows you that shows you how my attention was with it was with this film. That's funny. So we have we have we have the mayor going to chat chat to Poundland Gary Oldman because I need to mention this as well because they don't whether they're not allowed to film a police station or they don't have one nearby, they then go to stock seventies footage of the outside of a police station and cut that in. The set of the scene for where we're going next. And th- this would be funny if this was an isolated in- incident, but it isn't. This happens again. Mm. Stock footage again. And the mayor, the mayor, the mayor, who as well, who is not aware that there was a shootout in which three quarters of police force was killed the night before. But of course. What kind of a mayor is there? Also, I couldn't work out because for some reason now the detectives perpetually holding a tissue um, 
but I don't know if that's because he's crying about the people he's lost or if he's got cold because he never lets go of that tissue again for the rest of the film. So I don't understand what's wrong with him. Did, was he upset? I'm, I'm guessing he's just lost like 90% of the UK police force. This is where we're introduced to Duke as well. Snake Pliskin when he rocks up. Oh my God. Right. This is, as you say, I feel, I, we don't know whether this film is taking itself seriously. If it isn't, then it's then, still then well done. Then it's still not that <laughs> then it's still not that good. But if it is, then oh god, who the fuck goes right? We, we want you to look like a really fucking out of shape. Kurt Russell. He, look, he looks like a druggy Kurt Russell. He does look like a druggy Kurt Russell. He looks properly like he's been dragged for a hedge, Russell. Yes. I mean, obviously, we did, we've not seen the... So this is a sequel. So we've not seen... Yes, it's a sequel. This is a to, sequel! Oh, man! Yeah. We didn't know that. So... Because the, the first thing I thought was, like, why they, like, just created this eye patch character, like, literally they've just lifted him from another film. Um, but I don't know whether he was in the first film and lost his eye, which would then make more sense, because it's right. been two years. But Is the first one just called Halloween Jack, then? The Legend of Halloween Jack. Oh, okay. Oh, see, now, now I'm torn, because no. it's where I want to go back and see where the first one isn't absolutely awful. Or wherever it is. You can do that while I'm out of the house. I may have to go back and no, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna do that to myself. There's loads of great films that I haven't watched. Yeah. Also, there's no Duke Tanner listed in the first movie, but his daughter obviously is because he says that his daughter was killed. Sorry, spoiler for the first one in case anyone's not seen that and wants to go back. <laughs> So yeah, but yeah, the way he talks and everything though, that I'm like, what is wrong with him? So throw up. Is yeah, is is not in, in a world full of in a world full of bad actors. He is up there with the rest of them, just around now as well. Not only right, if this if this was if this was Halloween, we'd have the little. The snap, little snatches of Michael in the background. We'd have the little point of view shots to really build the tension. What we have here is Halloween Jack just standing there with a big fucking bag on his head, as if as if no one, as if no one would notice that he's standing around. There was is, is the is the first killing this the mayor? Yes, this is coming up. So when we see Halloween Jack on his way to kill the mayor, like it's not filmed from an angle where you you are looking at him, it's right on his back, and it's following him up a corridor, but on his shoulders. There's no suspense in it whatsoever. And I said, you know, the the, the done thing would be to do it from his point of view, his eyes. Yeah. I think Chris Chris did point out it would look funny if the mayor was just in the bath and then all of a sudden Halloween Jack. Burst in, and you no idea why you were bursting in. You're like Mr. Blobber. <laughs> <laughs> and oh you know my what? God, his death scene. Fucking hell. What? Oh, what? What? I was, um, I think, first of all, let's just, just talk about Halloween Jack and how good <laughs> he looked as a villain. 
with his burlap sack over his head and two very, very bright red, like, bicycle lights or something underneath. Well, the thing is, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver a positive here because, mm. listen, when you first see Halloween Jack and you see him from the side as opposed to on his back, which is fucking ridiculous, it actually looks like flames behind his eyes. And I thought that looked quite good. But then the more you see him head on, it just looks like, Poundland string lights behind his eyes, which yes. incidentally a lot of the deco did come from Poundland as well, because I've I've decorated many a pod at work and I know that they stock that sort of stuff. So yeah, it was all decorated by Poundland in that part. I think they were going for a flame behind the eyes look, yeah, and that mm. would have been quite cool. But because of how like transparent the the sack was, you could just see that it was just lights. I hate a transparent sack. <laughs> Doesn't matter turn blue when I electric you as well. Yeah, like it's is cold. It, <laughs> is, it, is it just me? Because I thought, I wasn't sure whether, I'm, whether I was now seeing things I wanted to be bad. Just to add, I was like, I wasn't sure if that's the thing. It's like, is this film that bad that I'm now just adding things on that aren't there that I expect? Legend has it that that was the eighth hour of filming. It'd been in that bath so long, you started to get pneumonia. We all know that famously, when you're electrocuted, you do turn bright blue. Mm -hmm. He has taken his cues from like fucking home alone. Also, how long did it take him to get in that bath? Because prior to that, it was like four o'clock in the afternoon, and he goes, well, goes into the bathroom to his wife and goes, Can I get in here for a bath? And she's like, yeah, 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 and leaves. And then there's, the party's already started at like eight o'clock at night before we jump back to him, who's just in the bath. Like, what I'm saying, feeling... Sam, he's been in there for hours. Hours. That's why it's cold. Um, and <laughs> I love it when the lights go out and Annie's downstairs and she's shouting him and she goes to the dimmer switch. I don't know if anyone noticed. She goes to the dimmer switch to try the lights and she literally just puts her hand on it and goes... Oh no, nothing's working. She doesn't turn it. She doesn't push it. She doesn't do anything. Just like slightly caresses it. Goes, oh, the lights have all gone. To be fair, Mercer, they were lighting the entire set off the house lights. So <laughs> they probably were. Um, <laughs> when she gets killed as well, I literally, I did have to. I just wrote. I'm like, these deaths are so fucking boring. Like an electrocution. Like we've seen it a million times. And then just a boring strangulation and neck crack. Oh, is that how she that? died? Yeah. She gets yeah. her neck Yeah. Must have been busy then, crying at that point. Somehow, considering the fact that this is the mayor and his wife, they live just with them two and their daughter, somehow somebody phoned the police to report that they'd been murdered. I don't know who did that because there were no neighbours around. <laughs> there was nothing. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of this film, I'm like, well, how does this happen? Um, obviously, while they're getting murdered, we've got the party scene going on. <laughs> I, just want, I just want to say one quick one quick thing regarding the party before everyone else jumps in, because it was my it was my favourite bit. It was the use of the vernacular that the kids are using. Please, yeah, take you can take a selfie of me. Please don't put me on any of that social media. At least in the films make up names for social media. Like I've seen yeah. like Twitter or something before like that, which I think is an American swear. 
a twat, I think. Um, but yeah, just make a like, friend face or something. It's, it's just fun. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. Do not put me on your social media. No yeah. Well, I don't want to be that gay, but I'm going to be that gay. Because that whole conversation where he finds out that he's gay is such a fucking stereotypical conversation that doesn't like happen as often as people would like to think. Like the whole, yeah, just because I'm gay don't mean I'm going to have sex with you. And then the straight boys are like, why not? Why won't you have sex with me? It's like, fuck off. Like, this is not good. This is not good at all. And then he gives. None of it's good. But like, I I was offended. I weren't offended, but I was just like, God, who has wrote this script, man? Like, did you, like, the worst thing about it is, is that the, the, the actor playing the gay character is a gay actor. And I'm just like, why did you not just stop and say, seriously, guys, this is not the kind of conversations we have. I want to know why they constantly had his character eating, like, all the time. He was always eating something. I don't know if that meant to go... It's gay and that's all gays do. They've ever got a cock or food in the mouth, that's it. They always <laughs> need to keep the mouth busy. Did you not see the food selection? They had custard creams on there at one point. Every every banging house party has a full stop plate of custard creams. If I am rocking up to a house party and they've got custard creams, I ain't complaining. Bang me a cuppa on, I'm dipping. I'm going to say, I need a cup of tea if I'm having custard creams. And if you're going to put custard creams, I'll make sure there's some bourbons on there as well. Oh, no. And my favourite, my favourite. I've not had them since February. I miss them so much. But I will say, I'm now going to, I am going to give a positive. The the boy who, I don't know what his character name was because I really don't know anyone's character name in this film because they were that insignificant to me. But the boy who plays the straight boy who was the friend, he's quite funny. Like, he's like, the way he talks, the way he delivers his lines, I do think, like, I got a little bit of humour out of that. I've, I think the scene when he's, when because obviously he, he dies shortly afterwards. The scene where he's outside with Halloween Jack, I think is actually quite well, well done. I think he is actually really good in that scene. He does actually give something approaching a believable moment with him and how he interacts with this weird stranger rocking up out, out of the entirety of the cast I think him and David were the best out of a lot of them, myself but the straight guy oh, he annoyed me in parts as well <laughs> because it, it sounded like he was talking really common but looking really partial or the way around, I can't remember which one it were, and it just aggravated he's, me. He can only work with the script he's given now. I, I know, suppose. I know. It's when he's on about, it's when they go for the stereotypical, he's talking about all the punani he's going to get. That boy has never said punani in his life. That was the first time he said it, I guarantee. So we lose him from a, a throat slitting with a scythe. He is dead and gone. We have the mobile phone death, which I know Faye particularly enjoyed. How would she die from that? How would she it, die from having a fucking f- phone rammed down her throat? The other day, and I said, there's a death in there that absolutely pisses me off. This is the death, because it's not even far enough back to choke her. No, like, it's still, if it's gone all the way in, and we could see the bulge out of the throat, mm-hmm. you'd be like, 
okay, got it. But the fact that it's like literally like just placed in a mouth, like it wouldn't have even chipped a tooth. And I think, you know, if anybody's qualified to make these judgments, it's me and you, Mercer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Family friendly show. Uh, well, not really. But no, it's so, like Yeah, it's not. It's all good. It's a non-death. It's a non-death. So the body count, the body count's racking up now, and Halloween Jack makes himself known in the party. And absolutely pandemonium ensues as everyone apparently runs around in a giant circle and no one can get out of the door. It's, the, it's not even the people running around. It's the fact that the main lass is stood there for about five minutes watching this all unfold, rather than just running her ass out of there. Also, can I just say, he introduces himself by just standing on the stairs and saying trick or treat and everyone freaks out. They're at a Halloween party where people are dressed in costumes. Why the fuck did they freak out at someone saying trick or treat? Because maybe in the first one, they all became, they all learned about Halloween Jack and who he was. So when he rocks up, they're like, oh shit. Yeah, mate, uh, it's, it's, it's yeah, one of those things that doesn't make a great deal of sense. But as, as I say, pandemonium, not only can I not get out, I particularly enjoyed the fact that, that adds to the sense of pandemonium and people rushing around, they have one head, the same person, bopping along in front of the camera up and down, backwards and forwards, like they're a fucking Muppet going along. <laughs> also, I'm sure you both noticed that the screams were obviously a recorded scream on a loop because it was the same thing repeatedly. And it did not match the demographic of the partygoers. The, primarily, the partygoers looked more like male, yet we had more female screamers. <laughs> like, making a judgment there, but. Yeah, that, that, that part that would have been amazing when it actually goes, that everyone screamed a year just, no, it's like the digital because we've even walked past the fact that David Lennox been murdered already. <laughs> oh, how did he die? Did he have some food shoved in? Did he get? It were food related death, weren't it? No, he was eating again, and then he got his throat slit. It was oh, like, again. Yeah. I, I put like, why are these deaths so fucking boring? Well, at least he got a real Fine. death. At least he didn't just get something rammed down his throat. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just. Re- I'm, I'm laughing to myself because I'm reading my notes and I realise what come ne- comes next. We have our heroine. Leading the breakaway with the most running on the spot breakaway you'll ever see. Oh my god! I screamed at the TV. I went, "She's not running! She is running on the spot! How is she getting away with that?" The <laughs> she's throwing her head back to look, and Cactus Jack is just speed walking, and you're just like, and like the, the fact when the car comes up as well, they've clearly done a take where they go right, run to the car now because she's static. And then starts running to the car and then goes, ah, and falls on the bonnet. I'm like, fucking hell, man. I mean, I know, I know it, it, it's a low budget film. I get that. But there are ways around these things. When they were editing, like, they surely they just looked and went, oh, she's not doing anything here. Like, just snip that little bit off so that we just go into a run rather than a freeze than a run. Unless, like, the, the thought behind it where she's run out and then she's stopped because she's seen a car and gone, a car, quick, throw myself on it. I don't know. Um, but we get back to the police station and we get to the detective with his um, paper towel in his hand still. Um, 
sniffling, crying. I mean, get over it already. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's been it's been it's been twelve hours or something. Like, come on. We we also here have the single worst extender running time by any means necessary scene that oh. I have ever ever seen. And before we get to that, this is where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because do you remember previously, he's lost three of his police officers, he's got no coppers left in the station. Then we have a scene where this police officer goes, you need to get more cops in. He's like, what am I supposed to do? I lost three of my men last night. That's how he speaks. Yeah. And he goes, I want more cops. And then we have a scene with two more cops. I'm like, what about them two? What about them two there? <laughs> what about them? They're there. That's four of you now. I don't understand. They're admin. They're admin only. <laughs> They're PCOs, <laughs> whatever it is. They're community yeah. support officers. Traffic wardens. <laughs> but yeah, so we have the the story about the 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 drugs raid. I'm sure in his head he thought was like Tim Roth in Reservoir Dogs, as he as he tells the uh, the drug deal story. But it comes across more like. If Jack and Nora was written really badly. I was sat there going, why are we listening to this? Why is this anything we need to know? And then it just ends. There's no payoff. <laughs> they tell the story and they go, oh, do you want anything in the kitchen? And he just walks <laughs> off. And then we spend what feels like the full three minutes of that man warming his food up, <laughs> watching him warm his food up. I know. And then, What's going on? Why are we still doing this? While Cactus Jack slowly makes his way in, knows exactly where the knives are kept. I'll tell you what's going on, I think, during it. With the three-minute food warming, I think the same on budget, they're also making a food safety video at the same time. <laughs> also, of all the knives you can pick up out of a drawer, that motherfucker picks up a cheese knife. <laughs> Fucking cheese knife. Jesus Christ. Um, Won't even break the skin, man. <laughs> really slice. <laughs> slice you like a grape. And this brie. <laughs> oh, bless. And then, uh, and then we have a massacre in the police station, which is really good. <laughs> um, Police station blows up. Does the police station blow up? No, the police station. Something? You're getting to the end of the film. Right, the next okay, right, okay. This is just there. He just there's a lot of kill. We we lose the entire police force in this scene. All saying, four of them. Yeah, so that's the rest of them done. So this area is now lawless. But well, I think we've got an honorary policeman in Duke who comes and rescues Danielle and takes her home. Um, I love the way, like, <laughs> the way Cactus Jack, Jack gets shot, and then he, 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 Jack? he... I don't know what he's called. Halloween Jack. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Cactus Jack. Yes, that's what I needed whilst watching this. Right, you just, like, just there, just putting different people in the role. WWE legend Cactus Jack McFoley. <laughs> but. So we, we learn that he doesn't die because he gets shot by the police officer then gets up and kills the police officer. And then, then Duke or Snake shoots him. And he stays down for much longer this time. 
And then he's like, we need to go to this address to kill him. And it gives them the, the address. And it goes, see you there, <laughs> um, Halloween Jack or something. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why didn't you just there and then while you were with the girl go, FYI, the only person who can kill him is you, so why don't you take this gun and shoot him? I'm speaking of myself. I'm Duke and Danny L taking separate cars. Has he gone right? We need to get to this address. You follow me. I'll go now. You wait for city. Fucking car. I'll go now. You wait for city taxis. Three <laughs> and a half hour. But what address do we go to? Is it his house, like Duke's house? Because they're in Duke's house when he gives the the folder that he just manages to get hold of. Um, that explains to Danielle with the shock twist of the film, which Chris has already vi- revealed, um, that she is Jack's daughter. Um, I don't understand this twist. What I do know is that we now must hear about 20 or 30 times say, um, Duke say to Danielle, it must be one of his own bloodline. One of his own bloodline. One of his own bloodline. <laughs> Only one of his own bloodlines. Show us in a dream sequence. For me, like I fell asleep. (laughs) He just constantly goes on about only the only person who can kill him is one of his own bloodline, and you, Danielle, are his secret door. All right. Okay. Could have said that like about twelve bloodlines ago. Could have said it like two years ago when his daughter was getting murdered. Do you know what I mean? What, what we have here as well that we also, I also don't understand, and or maybe the reason they take two separate cars is either Snake has either got a leather outfit for a teenage girl to wear when she's around his house, or she's felt the need to go home and get changed into the badass leather outfit she's got on. I know Mercer's got an issue here. So this is the montage scene where they're getting ready. First of all, two things. The way she rips them sleeves off that leather jacket, I'm like, where is that leather jacket from? Like, it's even Primark's stronger than that. Do you know what I mean? She didn't even <laughs> took it. She just, like, gently pulls these sleeves off. Okay. But there's a full montage scene here of her, like, strapping things around her and, you know, getting herself ready to fight. And I was watching that, and the first thing that I said was, oh, my God, this is just like Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, where Alice is getting ready to fight Kruger. And in that film, she's like clipping things on her, she's strapping things around her, she's taking pictures off the mirror. And then when she's finally ready, she puts her hair in a ponytail. Alice and Danielle, apparently, look straight ahead and go, fucking A. He literally has taken the scene, including the dialogue from A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, and inserted it into his film, and I'm like, is this an homage or are you just a fucking thief? Yeah, but he did because... it earlier as well with Halloween. He did it with everyone's entitled to one good scare. So he does. Yeah. I was I was like, why are we acting like I'm like I'd rather watch a Nightmare on Elm Street Pop 4. I would, I'm not gonna lie, I quite like it. Um the the fact that he just lifted the scene out of the film, I was just so angry and at this point like i'm i'm i, I mean i would i would done with this film like i said 10 minutes in at this point like i'm like i'm ready to kill i'm ready to get onto bloody imbd and go i've just created this account to help this review do me a favor go into imdb and give a one star review for this and then we can read it next week what your what your one star review is for 
Halloween Cactus Jack. I don't think you can keep it down. I don't think you can keep it down to the under 10,000 characters. <laughs> no, actually, I wrote a very quick review on Letterboxd. It's not good. It's just like, what? what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what have I done to myself? Um, right. Shall, shall, we, shall we move very swiftly to the, the finale then so that we can get... I want to, no, but no, I just no. need to mention one thing, Chris, that happens here after this scene. Do you know, like, we had the police officer fill a scene. Like, we need to, like, extend this to more than so many minutes for it to be a film. Why did we have to listen to the history of Duke, Tanner, and his army days? Why did that go oh, in? It it's made more sense. It's an awful, dull, dull scene where they keep treading over the same, same ground again and again. I'm not sure where they went, where he sat there and went, all right, this is the bit where the emotional heft will come in. But no, no, it, 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 it is not. It is, is not yeah, good. This is not what in caps lock I just wrote. I am so fucking bored. <laughs> Sorry. Is it yeah, it's it's hard because to be honest, it's very rare that I will ever turn a film off when I've started watching it. And if it hadn't been for the fact we were covering this crime scene investigation, I wouldn't have got through the first 20 minutes. But let's swiftly move, as I say, to the end. So Halloween Jack walks into the bedroom, I'm assuming. Looks like a bedroom. Yeah. To find Danielle standing behind behind him. And ah, clever ruse as she chats to him rather than just fighting with him immediately. It's not clever. It's not pretty. It's, it's pish. Yeah, it's not. I can see again what they're going for. They can't, they're going for, as you say, there's so many of those kind of dad, daughter kind of horror tropes where it's been back in the day and they've gone for that they've gone right okay we can do this and do oh look she's trying to convince him that they can be things could just move on and just such and such and everything's well not fine but you know but no I'm, I'm struggling i'm struggling to fill this section with anything to say that's Particularly interested or good about this final. It's, it's just, oh, it's, it's an anticlimax. It is so anticlimactic. I honestly wished that, as you do, I know we can't change a film, but I was honestly hoping, like when she was saying, oh, we can be together, I were hoping that like she were going to do some maniacal thing and like maybe be like have some kind of genetic like um, need to butcher people. Hmm. And they'd like killing spree together, uh, like a happy father and daughter. But no, instead she stabs him. And the thing is, as well, she's taking a risk getting that close to stab him. I don't believe that the one strike she takes would actually just go straight through him. Because I said earlier, why not just set him on fire? And then Chris went, well, now he's like kind of fleshy under there. But I don't believe that like one quick stick, however she's sticking that in there, would result in him dying she's his own bloodline though so she can do whatever she wants and kill him but again it doesn't make sense because like earlier when he first rocked up we already know that she's got to kill him and tanner were like run danielle and i'm like why is she running she needs to kill him yeah like, just let him 
She does that. Yeah, I'm So we do give a stab. And then we get the world's worst, worst explosive, which is essentially an egg timer with a few, <laughs> a few wires sticking out of it. No, no explosives around it. Nothing to suggest that it's any kind of detonation, any kind of force behind it. And she sets it for about 15 seconds as well. <laughs> and then who's made this bomb? And then has time to pause at the door to look around the house. Yes, yes, there's no time to get out of the house, but yeah, she stops and does a, a dramatic look around. You're like, just fucking blow up already, house. Like, we don't need this woman anymore. Um, yeah, just blow up. We don't need her. She's done what she's supposed to do. The film's got to end at some point. Let this be the ending. Yeah. And then it blows up. And like you say, you're like, oh, okay. Now I've wrote, and I can't remember why, but I'm like, have they just set up for another instalment? So what happened at the something, end to make me go? Something happened. Something did. Because I said that as well. I went, is there going to be another? Because I didn't know this for a sequel. See, yeah, because my, my notes end with stock footage explosion from the actual <laughs> scene. From the scene they used. Oh, wow. I stopped making notes quite into the film. My last note was she's running on the spot. So I stopped well early. This is all from memory. Okay, so there's there's something that probably happens <laughs> at the end for Mercer's recollection that maybe sets it up for a sequel. We were too we were surely too absolutely terrified of the thought that we blacked it out. All three of us had just gone, no, this is it. It ended, and there was no way they were setting this up in any way, shape, or form for a sequel. And we rolled the credits and Wait, well, we, we are done. We are, we are out. We are out of the te- the little Dulwich town of Dumbarton, China. Dulwich. Whatever it's Dunwich. called. Dulwich. Dulwich. Yeah. Dulwich. Which is a reference to something. Dunwich. It's like, like a witch thing, isn't it? I think it, it may well possibly be. Dunwich with the police force the size of heartbeat. And <laughs> Not even the size of heartbeat. Half a heartbeat. Half a heartbeat. Right. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. We have all scored this film, as we usually do, with us, Big Graves Podcast. And, Mercer, would you like to tell everyone what grade The Curse of Halloween Jack has got? I certainly would. And I think this will surprise everybody involved and everybody who's listening. Because after I've taken our scores and converted it into our grades, the curse of Halloween Jag gets a U. Oh, what did Armed Response get? I think Armed Response also got a U or an F. It was around, it was not good. You know what, it is, it is what it is. We, we've watched it, we've scored it, and we're not going to start doing what they did last week and just start changing... <laughs> Changing the score. Well, depending I feel on how... bad, don't I? Well, this one stands. That's it. It's been scored. It's unfortunately a you. You know what? Say what you will. He has actually managed to get a film made, which is more than the three of us yes. have managed to do. Yeah, exactly. Like you were saying earlier, Chris, we don't want to just slate stuff, but we have got opinions. We didn't like it. And that's fine. You know, they might do something that we do like. 
Um, but because it's all about us, clearly. No, no, but when you put your art out there, then people are going to have an opinion. Uh, I don't think we're being, yeah, we might come across as being unnecessarily rude, but we're not being unnecessarily rude. It was just shit. No, that was unnecessarily rude. No, but you know what I mean? We're, we all have opinions and we're not all going to agree. And some people out there are going to fucking love it. And that's great. I'm glad that it will find an audience. And actually, I'm hoping that people will watch it because of us and, and formulate their own opinions. I know that salty and popcorn has indeed watched this and I think he may hunt us down and hurt us. I'm expecting to get sued any day for uh, damages to his <laughs> emotional distress. Emotional distress. <laughs> he did say we owed him a soul. Oh dear. <laughs> so yeah, it was a it was not it has not been well received in our circle so far, unfortunately. Okay, so before we go. Would you like to sum up this particular case file in one line? I'll go to Mercer first. Okay. I will call sum this up by saying the curse of Halloween crap. Bye. Halloween jack shit. And I would say the curse of Halloween jack off. Hey! <laughs> but the curse of Halloween jack and this particular case is closed. But just before we go, just to let you know, you can find us on social media as always. On the social medias. On the so yeah, please do please do tag us and follow us on the social media. You can find us at Spit Grades on both Instagram and Twitter. We are I Spit on Your Grades on Facebook. If you want to email us, you can reach us at electricpossums at gmail.com. And please don't forget the like, follow, and subscribe, please. And drop us a review as well. We had a nice review the other day. So that's what was really cool. Yes, we did have a really nice review from uh, Florida Men on Florida Man, a podcast that you can also find on most social media platforms. Social media platforms? Not social media platforms. Podcast platforms is yeah, what so, we need. So do us a favour and if you feel inclined, go and check them out because, as I say, they seem like a really nice bunch. So go check them out, see what you think of them and leave them a review as well. For our next episode, we will be back with our favourite horror set on or around Halloween. We will let you know over the weekend what our film choices are, so that if you want to watch them ahead of the episode, you can feel free to do so. Had plenty of suggestions already for this category, so please as well keep hitting us up with your favourite ones from here and why. But all that's left to do now is say goodbye so goodbye mercer goodbye goodbye face and it's goodbye from me bye everyone